Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. story time yeah that's how we had to say okay you could go first because you just read yours I did okay so I'm reading again from my 40 short stories and today I read um the rocking horse winner by D.H. Lawrence my mom picked it she picked two shitty ones before this and this was the winner third time's the best or whatever um so basically there's this woman right and she's like super beautiful and she has uh three kids and she has really shitty luck and so she got she married her husband for love and it's kind of sucked since then yeah you know that old song for money obviously and that's her issue they're poor as hell and so she's like I got shitty luck I got these kids I don't really like them that much and we're poor as hell yeah and so one day the the little boy he like he's like why don't we have our own car like you know we have all these nice well he's like we have all these nice things because his parents really like expensive shit so they have all these nice things they have to borrow a car or always take a taxi and he's like what's up with that and she's like oh we're not very lucky so we don't have a lot of money and he's like luck equals money and she's like kinda and he's like well are you lucky and she's like I thought I was but I'm poor so obviously I'm not lucky and you know uh, your my your dad isn't lucky and I married him so obviously I'm not lucky you know he's poor I'm poor it sucks and the kid's like damn I should I should fix this and he's like I'm lucky mom and she's like oh yeah are you and he's like yeah I'm I'm lucky I got this and so whatever it comes Christmas and even though they're poor as hell they get these kids like awesome toys right sickest mm-hmm. toys this super sick rocking horse and he's like cool and um also like the house like (laughs) the house whispers to him all the time and is like there's never enough money there needs there must be more money there must be more money all these whispers all the time and he's like what's up with that okay money luck really got to focus on this shit so he gets the rocking horse and he's like okay and he starts riding on the rocking horse like really aggressively and he's like oh I'm gonna get there and they're and his his sisters are like what the fuck are you talking about and he's like don't talk to me. This is rocking horse time. I'm making shit happen. And they're like, whatever, you're weird. And I think he's the youngest. It doesn't really say, but he at least has an older sister. And so eventually he starts talking to, uh, I think he's like the gardener. His name is um, Bennett, I believe. And him and Bennett, like 
he, Bennett always talks about horse races. And he's like, so he learns a lot about horse races from this gardener dude. Oh, so Bennett has a gambling addiction? Maybe. And so one day his uncle comes over and his uncle's like, come on, let's hang out. And he's like, cool. And they're talking and his uncle's like, yeah, let's go to this horse race. That's fun. And he's like, yeah, I'm, I don't know how, I don't know. He's like, okay. Oh, and also it's Bassett, not Bennett. I'm a shit reader. I said, Bassett's I knew this story. a stupid name. Bennett is better, but it's, it's Bassett. Makes way more sense. But anyways, they start talking and the kid, he's like, well, oh, his name is Paul. They call him Master Paul. Don't know why. Master Paul. I don't know how old this kid is also. My mom was like, how old is he? And I was like, I don't think. I'm picturing 12. Well, he rides on the rocking horse. So he's like. Small, yeah. Six. But they're also kind of like, aren't you a little big for that rocking horse? And he's like, don't uh, worry about it. Eight. Ten it's to eight. Time since he had the rocking horse. But he tells his uncle like, yeah, me and Bassett, we like bet on the horse races. I'm really good at it. Like you should bet on Daffodil. That's the horse that's going to win. And his uncle's like, okay, Daffodil doesn't have the best odds. It's like four to one. And he's like, here, I'll give you five bucks. You invest in your horse. I'll invest in my horse. And the kid's like, deal. Daffodil wins. He's like, I knew Daffodil would win. You know, me and Bassett, he puts the bets on the horses for me. And I bet uh, $300 on this uh, horse race. And since it was four to one odds, he got 1200 back. So he's like, I got $1,500 on top of that $20 that I just won. And his uncle's like, you have $1,500? And he's like, yeah, Bassett keeps it for me. Like I said, he does all the betting. That's like stealing his money. (laughs) And the uncle's like, well, let me see it. I want to see the money. And he's like, okay, Bassett does have the money. He's like, look, here's all your money. He's got $1,500. This kid knows what he's doing. When he knows, he knows. And his uncle's like, okay, I want in. And the kid's like, okay, but like, it was just me and Bassett and now you can come in, but no one else. Like, we don't want to ruin a good thing. Which I'm like, how old is this fucking kid? Like, he's really smart. And so the uncle's like, sick, I'm in. And so they're doing all this horse betting. And so eventually he he gets up to winning like $5,000 and he's like, I want to give the money to my mom. You know, she needs money. I'm lucky I got the money, but I don't want her to know about it. Cause if she knows I'm betting on horse races, she's probably not going to let me cause he's a child age unknown. And so his uncle and Bassett are like, okay, we can figure something out. And so what they decide to do is they're like, okay, we'll give the money to the bank and then write a letter saying that like one of her relatives died and the relative is going to give her a thousand bucks a year for five years, which I'm like, what year is this? It was 1926, I think. So a thousand bucks is a lot of money, but it's like, why every year? And it's supposed to be like on her birthday. Why not a lump sum? Right. And so the mom, you know, she, she gets this letter and she's like, fuck. And so she goes to the bank and she's like, can I just have all the money now? Like I'm, I'm in debt. I need money. Can I have the full 5,000? And so the bank is like, oh, let's find out. And they ask, you know, and her son is like, tell her, yeah, it's fine. She can have all of it. So she gets all the money obviously not knowing it came from her son. And so, and the son's like, cool, this is going to help. Cause the whole time the house is whispering, there's gotta be more money. There must be more money. And that's, he's going like kind of crazy about it. And so he's like, my mom has this $5,000. It's going to help. Everything's going to be super great. Awesome. And, but it's not, it just gets worse. And so the, of course. the the voices are louder and there's more of them and they're like yelling at him. There's gotta be more money. There must be more money. And he's like, Oh my God. And so he's still like, he spent the $5,000 was like his whole thing. And so 
he always keeps like $20 on the side just in case he runs out of money. That's like his super backup money. And so he's like, I got to make the money back. She's going to need more money soon because she, his mom blowing through this fucking money because she likes expensive things. All name brand this bitch. Like that's why they're poor. She doesn't know how to spend money. And so, which I mean, relatable, but he's like trying to bet on these horses and he's on his rocking horse trying to find out the horses, but he can't, he's like, I don't have a good feeling. I'm just guessing he's losing his money. And so he's getting more and more stressed out because he's losing all his money. And then it's like the Derby's coming up. I don't know if it's the Kentucky Derby. Are there multiple derbies? You know more about horse racing than I do. There probably are. The Kentucky is just like the big one. That everyone knows about. I was imagining these people as British, so. Well, he talks he talks about the Grand National, Lincolnshire, or the Derby. Lincolnshire sounds British. Those are the three. I don't think it says where this takes place. I don't know. Whatever. He's like, these are the three big races, though. I got to get one of them. We got to get some money. We got to put big bucks down. And the uncle's like, dude, like, it's chill. Like, if you need to take a break, whatever. And his mom's like, you've been looking hella stressed lately, young child of mine. You should, like, go, like, get out of the house. Uh, Something's stressing you out here. Take a little vacation. Go visit some family and stuff. Child, go take a vacation. (laughs) I think she was going to go with him. But, like, you know, she's like, you are freaking out for no reason. You know, you need to be focusing on school because he's going to school and shit. He's learning, like, Latin and all this bullshit because they got money now. And so he's like got a lot on his plate. And she's like, maybe that's stressing you out, you know, get away. It's fine. And he's like, no, mom, I gotta, I gotta be here for the derby. After that, whatever, I'll go wherever. And she's like, What? Why do you care about the derby? And he's like, Don't worry about it. I just need to be here for the derby. And he's like, or, and she's like, You better not be gambling because you know, our family has a huge issue with gambling. <laughs> and he's like, yeah and he's like don't worry about it like after the derby I'll go to grandma's house or whatever I don't remember where she said he was supposed to go he's like I'll go you know it's fine and she's like okay after the derby and so like it's like new year's around new year's at this point so whatever her and her husband go to a new year's eve party they got a babysitter with the kids they don't call it a babysitter I think this is in England because they use weird ass terms um you know anyways the governess not a babysitter definitely british a governess and so whatever the mom's at the party and all of a sudden she gets like this anxiety and she's like this about my boy i can feel it's about my son and she's like freaking out at this party and she's like we're gonna be home soon but like i feel like something's wrong and so she calls up the um she calls up the governess and she's like doesn't want to seem like she's freaking out so she's just like how is everyone how's it going and she's like yeah it's fine and she's like what about Paul how's he doing he's been stressed lately and she's like oh yeah he went to bed like he's totally chill you want me to go check on him and she's like no 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 if he's in bed that's fine I don't want you know I don't want my kid being bothered he's sleeping he needs the rest whatever but she still feels really anxious but whatever governess says it's fine so then she's like okay party party and then they go home And her husband's like, I'm going to have some bourbon. And she's like, whatever. And she's like, takes off her silky coat that they have to mention that she has. And then she's like, I'm going to go check on my son. So she goes up to his room and she can hear there's like a noise, this continuous noise, this loud noise. And she's like, what the fuck is going on in here? And so she opens the door and she turns on the light and he's on this fucking rocking chair, just rocking hardcore, like in a trance. And she's like, bro, Paul, what the fuck? And he's like, 
I know what horse. It's Malabar. It's Malabar. Malabar is going to win. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, tell Bassett, tell Bassett, it's Malabar. And she, and he like collapses and she like picks him up off the horse and she's like, okay, whatever. I'll tell Bassett. Just like calm the fuck down. She catches on. This is about the derby at this point. And he's, and so she, Bassett knows. He's like, okay, Malabar, we're putting the money on Malabar. They put like a fuck ton of money, a thousand. A thousand dollars on Malabar, 14 to one odds. And this kid, he's like, okay, that's it. And they're like, okay, sick. And then he goes to bed. He's like sick as fuck now. He's like ill. He's like, oh, that took a lot out of me. Don't know how long he was on that damn rocking horse. And so Derby goes by and Malabar wins. He's right. It's that horse. So they end up with a fuck ton of money. It's like 80,000 pounds is what they end up with after this because it's the big horse race. I don't know how horse races work. Well, also, the odds, the worse they are, the more money you get. Yeah, but I, 14 to 1, I figured that'd be 14,000, but I'm not going to try and pretend like I know math. No, it's like a percentage-wise. It's a whole thing. So that makes sense. Those are and bad the, odds. Yeah, and the more people who bet on other horses, the odds go down, and so. That makes sense. Yeah. So he won $80,000. That was his big horse race. And so they're like, Master Paul, Master Paul, Malabar won. You were right. We got 80,000 pounds. And he's like, sick. And then he dies. Oh my God. <laughs> and the uncle's like, damn, this is kind of sucks, you know? And uh, the mom's like crying, you know? And he's like, this son's like, before he had died, he'd been like, I'm lucky I did it, mom. It's all for you. And she's like crying because he's dead now. And then the uncle's like, hey, is it? The uncle's literally like, here's the cool thing, though. You got $80,000. Your son had to die for you to get $80,000, and that sucks. But, like, you have $80,000. Oh, my God. And that's it. That's the end of the story. That's an awful story. I know. Jesus. 1926. It was a fun time for everyone. Oh, my God. Good time to be a child. Don't let your kid go to the horse races. What the fuck? He didn't know, okay? He was just hanging out with his uncle, and she's like, oh, that's good, because your father sucks. Yeah, see, the dad has been no part of this. Literally, the story starts with being like, she didn't want to be a mom. Everyone told her she was a great mom. She didn't believe it. Her kids didn't believe it. Oh, so she was a bad mom. (laughs) She was kind of a bad mom, so, like, whatever. Well, as someone who also would place bets at the horse races at a similar age, I didn't win that much money. I'd be lucky if I won I, 10 bucks. I've never been to a horse race, so. I'll take you some time. I only would ever bet the $2 or like 2 to $3. So I wasn't getting big money. The more money you put in, the more money you get out. But I don't it's like losing thing. money. So like. It wasn't my money. It was my dad's. And also somebody else had a place to bet oh. for me because they don't let people under 18 place bets. And There so, are rules about that. Yeah. As an eight-year-old, I couldn't make my own. Yeah, I've never See, I just want to go to the horse races because all the horses have such funny names. They do have fun names. I do feel bad for the horses though because they just got to yeah. run real fast with little people on top of them. Have I told you my parents' dream is like if they win the lottery, they want to buy like a horse ranch and rescue retired race, race horses. <laughs> well, you get a lot of money for breeding the winners. Yeah, but once they're done. Yeah, well, they have such... They are, work so hard that they get, like, they break their legs and stuff, and they get injured yeah. a lot. Horses can't. It's very rare that horses live after a broken leg, and that's depressing. 
Anyways, enough sad horse talk. Let's go to ghost stories. I just looked up ghost stories in the area. Um, <laughs> Perfect. I looked up haunted places and it's a story technically. So it works. All right. So the first one is somewhere we're actually going to go next week. But by the time this comes out, we'll have already been there. So we were there last <laughs> Thursday. <laughs> All right. It's the Roseland Theater. These are all in Portland. Okay, so. Oh, yeah. It was originally a church that was built in 1922. But in 1982, it stopped being a church. It was sold to Larry Hurwitz, is how I'm going to say his name. And then he turned it into a club slash music venue called Starry Night. Yeah, it's not called that anymore. You'll see why. Obviously. Okay, so in 1990, 21-year-old Tim Moreau, I'm going to say that's how I pronounce his name. I don't know. Okay. He worked there as a publicist, which I think they mean like promoter. They call them a few different things, but he worked at the club. Um, And then he was murdered. So (laughs) he was strangled to death in the hallway of the theater and his body was dumped into the Lambert River. Oh, shit. His body was weighed down by microphone stands. (sighs) Okay, that's kind of cool. <laughs> it's very music themed. Um, also very sad. He was only 21 years old. Aww. So um, Hurwitz in 1991 sold the theater and it was renamed the Roseland Theater by the new owners. It works. After Informed, selling the theater, he moved to Vietnam. Oh, okay. And he lived there until he was extradited back to the United States for federal charges of tax fraud. Oh. So he was like embezzling yeah, his shit. Um, and because what I said, damn, dude. (laughs) Oh yeah. So because of that investigation, they started looking more into the death of Tim and they're like, this guy owned that place. This guy disappeared from there. And then we found his body and it led to him being charged with murder. (gasps) Oh my God. In 2000, 10 years after Tim died. He pled no contest to the charge of murder. So no contest for all who don't know. It's not pleading guilty. You're not admitting your guilt, but you're not saying you're not guilty. So you're going to go to jail, but you're not admitting your guilt. Stupid. Um, it's a Wait. way to be like, I don't want to deal with this. I know I'm going to get found guilty or I don't want to have to like deal with the trial, but I'm not admitting well, it. And wouldn't that be if they tried to, uh, if they tried to, what is it when they challenge it later? What's that called? Appeal. Yeah, if they tried to appeal later, then they, if they'd never actually pled guilty, wouldn't they have some kind of thing to work yeah, with? Yeah, I'm not sure if you could have an appeal. I think you might have to forfeit your p- appeals if you since you won't plead talk. no contest. I'm not sure about that, though. Don't quote me. Um, yeah. But you can forfeit your automatic appeals because no matter what your sentence is, you automatically get an appeal. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 10 years after his death. All right, plead no contest. Sentenced to 11 years. He served eight of those years only. Ugh. Um, but in a the guy? yeah, the guy who murdered him, he strangled him to death. No, oh, but he got let out early from jail. Oh yeah, he got let he let out he got let out early. He probably is dead now though, because who knows? Oh, how long ago. He was an adult in the eighty. Well, I mean, he could still be alive. I don't know. Anyways, in a wrongful death civil suit by the victim's family, he admitted to wrongdoing and gave more details of the death. So he killed Tim Moreau in an attempt to cover up the counterfeit ticket scam that he was running, which is why he got 
caught for tax fraud and shit. Oh, it all comes back. Yeah, so now to the haunting part. And the haunting part is one sentence because mainly everything focuses on the murder. I think it just said it's haunted because this man was literally murdered in the hallway. Um, I hear so it's haunted. Yeah, it died a violent death. So it said you can hear Tim's angry whispers in the hallways of the theater between shows. So we'll look out for that. They didn't say. How are you supposed to know a ghost? Or just like someone that's pissed off next to you? Like It's hard to tell. (laughs) A lot of these are like, hey, here's the backstory. And it's haunted. There you go. And I'm like, but tell me. What? How is that? What happened there? Tim. His name was Tim. So when we're there, we can be like, Tim. Hey, Tim, are you out there? What's Tim, up? I'm, I'm sorry you were murdered. That's awful, man. That's real well, fucked. What are you about? Tell me what's the goss. Like, I'd be mad too. All you're doing is working. Your boss was running some fraudulent shit, and you saw it, and you're like, Damn, I saw the shit. Dying at work, and then you never get to leave. It's awful. I'd be pissed. Especially when you're 21. I'm sure he was like, cool, I work yeah. at a cool club, but my boss is an asshole. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I was a shitty boss. He well, literally he killed him. Pretty obvious. <laughs> All right. Now let's go to the White Eagle Saloon, which is now owned by McMinimins. Oh, I no, know them. It's one of those. All right. It was built in 1902. I think I've been there. I have not. It's one of Oregon's Order. oldest bars. McMinimins owns a bunch of different bars. They just like buy old buildings. I have the, yeah, the coaster that says White Eagle Saloon on it. Anyway. It probably happened there. All right. It was originally opened by two brothers as a place for other Polish immigrants to hang out. Nice. Supposed to be a community place. But the rumor was that it was not just a place to drink and maybe gamble, but it also had a brothel upstairs and an opium den downstairs. Oh, so it was the party place. Not sure if it's True, there's a lot of rumors around this place. I don't know how much of it was. Those factual. could just be kidding rumors. Yeah, or like, you know, people hating immigrants. So uh-huh. hard to tell. Uh, it was also said that there was a possibility that the opium den was used to Shanghai people, which is when mm-hmm. they drugged people, kidnapped them, and then sold them onto ships as slaves. Yep. Which is what Fuck the that. Shanghai tunnels in Portland are for. They would kidnap people and sell them to the port to work on ships oh shit yeah, i didn't would, know that yeah they would drug people and a lot of time it was immigrants that they took that's so sad yep. Dude, that's portland okay, is portland. real racist portland has a very bad history of racism i guess the more it's you know. also like one of the whitest cities for yeah now yeah it's it, not great okay where was I? So at one point, the bar was nicknamed Bucket of Blood, which I think is dope. Um, as I said, it's now McMinimins, um, and there's a ghost of a bouncer who walks around the bar and moves shit around. There's also a ghost who throws utensils around in the kitchen. Um, one time a witness was pushed down the stairs by a ghost, but only was minorly injured. She was fine. Um, there are two ghosts, Sam and Rose, who haunt the upstairs area. Although this is where it got confusing because then they started talking about it being like a hotel. I'm like, is this a oh. bar? Is this a hotel? Is this a different place now? Well, but there's are usually they have hotels a lot and there's, bars. Yeah. yeah. So I'm guessing this is like the brothel area that was upstairs. So yeah, like room, yeah, like room number three is haunted. But Sam and Rose haunt the upstairs. Sam is said to have been an orphan who was adopted by one of the owners and then grew up in the saloon oh. and died there. Oh. Um, he lived his, there his whole life. 
and died around oh, room two is the haunted one okay and then rose is said to have been a sex worker who fell in love with one of her regulars and then also died in room two but I, they didn't say how okay oh room three is also haunted <laughs> um in the basement has the worst ghosts who like to pinch and push people that's mean yeah i just some pinch me I'm imagining the bouncer ghost is just, he just walks around checking IDs. That's what I was like, can I see your ID? You're just like sitting there and you just hear, can I see your ID? And you turn around and there's no, no one's one there. there. <laughs> you're like, who's looking at her ID? Like, who, who needs to see it? I got it. <laughs> and they're looking like, 96? The fuck year is it now? How are you born in the future? <laughs> 1931 ma'am this is obviously fake <laughs> yeah it hasn't happened yet get a better fake yeah. it's 1918 idiot <laughs> wow they never said what year that man was from anyways the last one <laughs> is one we've all heard of Multnomah Falls hey it falls I didn't know it was haunted neither did I so people say that they see the face of a woman in the water of the waterfall or feel the presence of a woman when they're like in the area. So this comes from a Native American legend from the local Multnomah tribe. Um, the legend said that a young woman jumped off the cliff to sacrifice herself in order to save the village from a plague and it worked. And then after her jump, water started to fall from the spot of the cliff. So it was like just a normal cliff. She jumps off to sacrifice herself because her villagers, everybody's dying. And then after she jumps and dies, um, it becomes a waterfall. I mean, that's pretty sick. Yeah, so she saves the whole town. Yeah, well, that's nice of her. Well, why would she haunt it then? I think it's well, just her spirits there. It's not like she does anything malevolent. Yeah, she she is, I think it's implying like she is the waterfall now, so. it's pretty damn cool. Yeah. And that's it. There's a lot more, but those are the three I chose. Okay. <laughs> Some nice spooky Portland stories. <laughs> None of them were very descriptive. I'm like, all right, thanks for the history, but what's with the ghosts? <laughs> Tell me about them ghosts, though. Yeah, yeah. sounds about right. And they just okay. went to the most haunted places in Portland somehow, besides like the Shanghai tunnels, obviously. I guess, well, and those are I'm going to say it, Portland, those are some lame haunted places. I want something better. Well, we're going to one, so I had to choose that one. The other one I want to go to. Yeah. And the other one I've been to, so. Wow. Got all three. You're practically an expert. Pretty much. And that's all I have for you, so bye. Bye. Stop this recording.